Glad to have you back to Hardline, where we take a hard line on Christianity. I want to read to you out of the Bible from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For years, sports have played a big part in people's lives. Sports can and does offer some great benefits. For families, it is a great occasion to gather together for games and to enjoy food and fellowship as you cheer on your favorite team. Over the years, there's been numerous great players from various sports and various teams. Baseball has been called America's sport. And there's been many a great player that have come out of this sport, such as Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth, who was given the name, the nickname of the Great Gambino, he had a very impressive career with a list of achieve, achievements and was actually famous for the call shot. In 1984, the U.S. hockey team, which was led by coach Herb Brooks, won the gold medal in the Winter Olympics over the heavily favored Soviet team. It was dubbed the Miracle on Ice, and back in 2004, a movie was produced over this impressive win. Football has captivated Americans and others from around the world and has been a major sport for centuries, ending every year with what is called the Super Bowl. In its conception, it had the nickname the Gridiron Football. Now, this name originates with a sports characteristic playing field, which is marked by a series of parallel lines along the width of the field in a pattern resembling a cooking gridiron. The Nebraska Cornhuskers football team, coached by Tom Osborne, had many years of success, including several football championships. What was amazing to see was the loyalty of fans for their chosen team. The fan base for the Cornhuskers could be argued as unsurpassed as sold-out seats occurred for every game. The Sea of Red, as it was called, and the opening entrance to the games was electrically charged. The Nebraska fans were very loyal to their team and supported them without fail. How loyal are you to Christ? In biblical times, they had the sport of camel races. In fact, in Jerusalem, they had to have a spatial gate called the Eye of the Needle so that it would be nearly impossible for men to bring their camels in so they could avoid all these dangerous camel races. There were the gladiators and the chariot races that the ancient people would watch for sport and entertainment, even having their favorites to cheer on. There are many reasons how and why one chooses a favorite team. One could have been drafted to play for a particular team if you're a player. But maybe you've chosen your favorite team because of your location. Or you chose a favorite team because, well, that's what your family is always favored. But for whatever reason you've chosen a team, you chose it by free will. And today and throughout our history, 
we have been playing in what I like to call the Super Bowl of life. We've been running a race and have been involved in gridiron games with evil competing against God and all of his goodness. So what team are you on? Who do you play for? If you have not chosen to be on Team Christ, then by default you're on the devil's team. And like sports, we can also be traded to play for a different team. Once you have given your life to Christ, you have changed the team you're playing on. You've now drafted to Christ's team. And now you have chosen to be on the winning team. Once you accept Christ, you're on heaven's team with Christ and the Holy Spirit as the coach. Now you're playing from a new playbook. You're no longer playing following play, uh, Satan's playbook, but God's. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. That comes to us from 2 Timothy chapter 2. In sporting events, there are rules to follow. And when a rule is broken, it's called a penalty. And there is repercussion for that penalty. Just in life, we have rules to follow. They're called God's rules. And when we break a rule, we are called a sinner because we have sinned against God. And there is repercussion for breaking God's laws. And that penalty is death. However, Jesus Christ paid the penalty of sin that we committed by dying for us. Christ was the one who paid the death penalty for our sins. When you choose what is right, you will always glorify God. God is glorified through your love and your commitment to him by doing his will and finishing a game to win for his glory. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Playing a game is like going through a trial. Trials are the regular season games, if you will. Going through small battles while at the same time gaining more experience and growing as Christians. It is building stronger relationships with our Father, Christ the Lord, and with each other. Some trials we win, and some we lose, but we keep on playing. And win or lose, God will be glorified. It's, it's through perseverance from these trials that builds us stronger in faith. And that is why training is so important. See, in sports, you practice and you train all the time to get good at a particular sport. If you want to be good at something... Practice and training is a must. The same way athletes practice for a game, a Christian needs to train and practice. And Christians train themselves by prayer, by reading the scriptures and applying them to our daily life, fellowship with other believers, evangelism, sharing your faith with other people. Training to improve your abilities requires perseverance and discipline. 
Professional athletes spend hours watching game films, lifting weights, participating in skill building exercises, and practicing with their team. We too must always be working to improve ourselves. Always. How much training do you spend for Christ and the heavenly team? We have had some great moments in sports history, but we've also had some great moments in history as heaven's team. People have been in awe over some of the great players and teams and sports. Fans will wave banners, they'll wear special clothes with their logo on it, they'll hold signs cheering their team on, paint their faces, and they'll cheer on their favorite team and players with pep rallies. At the end of the year, many sports have award shows to honor those who made great achievements and had outstanding seasons. There are many athletes that will do anything to win, to gain a temporary moment of fame, or for an award that doesn't last. Many athletes will use illegal substances or even cheat to get ahead. Years ago, I read of an Olympic athlete that was being interviewed, and the question brought to them was, if you had access to a magic pill that would guarantee you a gold medal, but in the end would end your life in a month, would you do it? And this athlete said that they would do it, even though they knew they would die shortly after that. That gold medal meant more to this person than God. Self-gratification had consumed them. Athletes who have been successful on the field are often given rewards of temporary riches, including money, fame, cars, clothes. There's many other material privileges that they receive. They have competed for things that will never fulfill them or last. It will eventually leave them with an emptiness. And many times it leaves them broke and lost. If your focus is on worldly glory and you ignore your faith, there will be dire consequences. It's a fact. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, the Bible says Christians compete for everlasting things that will fulfill and sustain them for all of eternity. The Bible says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What are your career achievements for Jesus Christ in the advancement of God's team? If there was an award ceremony tonight, what would your award be for Christ? When competing in the sports arena and in life, there can be distractions coming to you from every angle. It's important to focus on the task at hand. It's easy to get wrapped up in the things of life and forget what really matters. Self-control is an essential part of training for sports, and so it is with the Christian life. You have to avoid many of the temptations that Satan will throw at you. Turn to the Lord during these times of temptation for strength and guidance. God gives us the strength when we call on his name in our time of trouble.
He will give us the endurance necessary to outlast the attack. We may still be human, but the Lord can give us that second win that we need to make it through the day. Philippians chapter 4 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And in Psalm 28, the Bible assures us that the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song, I praise him. We are constantly battling the forces of evil that try to win our hearts and take us away from Christ. When you engage God, you can fight off the evil that wants to so desperately win your heart. The Christian must push forward at every turn. Now, it's okay to rest, but don't neglect your discipline. In Corinthians chapter 9, we are taught that everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. They do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we do it to receive an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. That's taught to us in Deuteronomy. As an athlete and as a Christian, you will experience success and failure, glory and pain. If you attach your worth and happiness to the worldly definition of success, then you fail and will be eventually left with absolutely nothing. Your eternity depends on your success in Christ and not the success of this world. Be sure to give God all the glory for your success. It's through God's divineness that allows us to be victorious and he deserves all the credit. Many athletes point to the sky when they score a touchdown or hit a home run. Usually this is to signify their faith in God and to tell him thanks. Some players used to wear Bible verses in the black underneath their eyes until that got banned. God should always be glorified and given thanks. So be sure to show your faith. In Philippians, it says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to bask in his grace and celebrate the good that he has done. How do you show your faith? At the end of the day, God is in control. Always has. He always will be. No matter how strong or fast you are, you will tire eventually. But God does not rest. He does not slumber. And not only is he in control, but he is the source of our strength. One day, the game will end. The Super Bowl of life will have been won. 
Christ will reign victorious. Christ's team will share in the glory and bask in the trophy that Christ has promised of eternal life. At that final time, we all want to be able to say that we gave it our all at the end of the day. This is an old saying in the sports world that goes, I left it all on the field. Have you left it all on the field? Have you done everything you could for the Lord? Have you lived a life for Christ? Be the Christian who when you're standing in front of God, you can say, I left it all on the field. I did everything I could for the glory of God. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Amen. God bless you all and keep living Christian